Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I'm so excited for today's episode. We literally fought the entire time in a very playful way um, because I was defending my ideas and Rob was defending his ideas. And um, I'm very excited for you to listen to the episode. Before we get into it, I wanted to talk a little bit about Too Hot to Handle on Netflix because we binged it in, I'm pretty sure it was one day. And I have so many thoughts. When I first started watching, I was like, this is really ridiculous. Like who, like how can it be? And also it's funny because so Too Hot to Handle basically for anyone who hasn't watched before I get into it. It's a show. It's kind of like a bootleg version of Love Island. But basically, they have a bunch of people in Mexico in a mansion. And they are all, you know, hot people who look great in bikinis and bathing suits. And they tell them that they can't touch each other. They can't kiss. They can't have sex for, I don't know, what, three weeks, two weeks, whatever it is that they're there. And they need to like do exercises to, you know, grow as people, et cetera, et cetera. We found it very stupid, but certain things that I want to talk about. And the reason that I'm talking about it for this week's episode specifically is because Rob, our guest, who you're going to hear very shortly, believes that we should abstain from sex and that sex totally changes the way that we look at a person and look at relationships and it's not the foundation of a relationship. And so watching a show like this was so interesting because it takes away sex and it takes away kissing. And it says like, you know, do you really like all of this stripped away? Do you really have a connection with this person? However, the show did a terrible example of that because they still let you have sex and they still let you kiss. And like sometimes, you know, when they feel like your connection is genuine, they'll put a green light on so you can do these things or they'll send you away to a suite where you can have sex. And and the only punishment to fornicating, right, is losing money. So it'd be one thing if they said like, you can't have sex, you can't kiss or you're going to go, you're going to go home. But instead, they're just like, you're going to lose money from a pot of money that you, you know, you never had this money to begin with. So obviously, people are going to touch each other. People are going to have sex. I personally think that I would be able to abstain from touching someone, from having sex with them if it's, you know, two, three weeks because I 
think that the buildup is so hot. And I don't think that I need to be doing these things with someone to know if I like them. Like that part, I definitely agree with. And then, you know, eventually if we're still into each other at the end of the thing, like I, I would have sex, but I don't know. I thought it was interesting. I, I couldn't decide. I still can't decide if I hate Francesca or if I love Francesca. I, I think she was really like bitchy in the beginning. She was like, I don't care what happens to everyone. Like I'm losing the money. But then you realize at the end that she just had like genuine feelings for Harry and, you know, was just acting out based on her feelings. I, I really didn't like anyone in, that's not true. I really liked, I think her name was Rhonda and like Kells. I really liked them. I really liked them as a couple. I thought that there was some growing there. Um, I thought it was really sweet that she felt comfortable talking about her son and that he was so loving with her son. But I don't think that there was that much growing in the show. I did see that uh, Shan Boondrum, who was on an episode of this podcast, made an appearance, which was really cool. So definitely check out her episode if you haven't already. And I guess those are all my thoughts on Too Hot to Handle. I think that, you know, it wasn't that great of a show, but it was definitely entertaining. And if I learned anything from it, I guess I just learned that like, you know, you're really immature in your early 20s and it takes a robot talking to you, I guess, to try to think about yourself and put yourself first and and grow. And I thought that Chloe, you know, realized her self-worth, which is really cool. Um, But interesting concept definitely needs a little bit of work. I think if you have sex, you should be sent home or something like something more legitimate than just like fucking everyone else over for your behavior. Um, uh, yeah, those are my thoughts on that. Um, someone told me I'm taking a few of your topics that you told me to talk about. One was being quarantined with a new boyfriend. I feel like I've spoken about this a lot, but, um, it's been really nice. It has definitely made us feel closer and we've gone through like you know, every part of our personalities with one another, which is really great. How my behavior in relationships has changed from 20s to 30s. I would say just like confidence and security in myself. Um, When I was in my 20s, I didn't have that. And I also like I played more games when it came to relationships. And I wasn't as upfront about my feelings and, and these kinds of things. Whereas today, I'm very honest and vulnerable. And like, I see the power and vulnerability, which is a great TED talk, by the way, by Brene Brown. My first job out of college, uh, my first job out of college, I was a production assistant for um, a show for the Discovery Channel called Hustling the House. And it was a poker show. I was a film TV major. So I was on set all day getting the director Diet Coke. I didn't find that I was fulfilled by it. I just, I didn't really like it. I always knew I was someone that wanted to work for myself. Um, From there, I ended up working for a magazine, doing social media and, you know, so on and so forth at different startups till I eventually started my own social media company. And then this podcast, Um, Enneagrams, my boyfriends and I's, uh, we actually both are ones. I think I'm a one with like a four wing and he's a one with like an eight wing. Type one is very perfectionist. And so, yes, we're both, we are both perfectionists. We're both Virgo risings, which, you know, like has its benefits for sure. But also like, obviously two perfectionists can be annoying. So we both have to like cut some slack for one another. 
which I think we do really well. How to support your friend in relationships as a single friend. I would say just, you know, give all of the advice that you can give and be there for her or him through their relationship ups and downs. Never judge, never hold anything against them and just try to, you know, do your best. And I'm, and I hope that they're there for you as well. The Zoom dates are going really well. Someone asked, um, you know, a lot of people haven't followed up to tell me what's happened with their matches. And that's definitely left me in the dark. I'm like, do I set you up again? Are you guys dating now? So if I'm setting you up, please definitely follow up and let me know. Um, The people that have followed up and let me know, a lot of it has been going well. A lot of it has been like, you know, we had a great conversation, but there wasn't a connection. And, you know, it's hard to do because I'm not meeting these people in person. And I'm just kind of taking a guess based on the, the little information I know. But I'm still on it. How I've said I love you in past relationships. Um, I've always waited for the guy. I don't know. I don't think there's any basis behind that except that, you know, I I like for a man to be the one to ask me out. I like for a man to be the one to say I love you first. I like for a man to be the one to propose. Like I'm just traditional in that way. Um, so in the past, I waited for them to say I love you, even though like I obviously, you know, like I loved them at that point. Um, sometimes like I will drop very subtle hints. Like I'll say, I love this about you or I love that about you. And I think like that's once they've said it, I've, I've said it back. Someone asked how to be patient during quarantine, knowing your significant other isn't a quick responder. I probably wouldn't be patient, honestly. Um, but I would tell them like, it really means a lot to you when you hear back from them in a timely manner because you that's something that's important to you and hopefully they can prioritize that and get back to you like if there are any meeting they can still send you like a quick text on the side being like hey I'll get back to this soon or or whatever it is I just think it's so important to vocalize what you need in a relationship and just not get upset unless you vocalize that and um that is all I have I want you I really want you to listen to this episode and to enjoy it as much as I enjoyed recording it. Sitting at home and just like not feeling good. And I mean, thank God that I get to record these episodes and at least share some of that with you. And I'm so grateful. One of the things that I want to share with you is also what I'm doing to feel like good about myself during this time. One of those things is wearing jewelry that makes me feel like myself again. And that like I'm holding my necklace right now. And it's just like, just the fact that I have these pieces that I chose for myself and got for myself just makes me feel really just powerful. And I have to tell you, Majuri is the only place that I go to for these pieces. Majuri makes fine jewelry for every day. So you can wear it every day. Right now I'm wearing my necklace, my engraved necklace and my little bumblebee ring. And they have like really everything. They've got pearls, diamonds, gemstones, and you can engrave it. Like my engraved necklace says Linny on it, which I love. If you try it, you can get free shipping on all US and Canada orders, plus easy returns and a two-year warranty, which is great. 
And it's really just the perfect gift for yourself. Like do something for yourself. And it's not too expensive. It's very reasonable. And so like whether you're working or not, it's okay to spend just like a little bit of money if it's going to go a long way in making you feel like a new woman or man, you know, because jewelry for me, looking in the mirror and seeing something on my neck just does that for me. I don't know what it is. It just really makes me feel good. And I want you to feel good. Plus Mother's Day is coming up. So maybe you want your mom to feel good too. And I want to help you out by giving you 10% off your first order. All you have to do is go to majuri.com slash Acme or use code Acme at checkout and you'll get 10% off your first order. That's M-E-J-U-R-I.com slash Acme. 10% off your first order. I hope you're enjoying this episode. What a debate we had. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I'm so excited to be here with self-proclaimed renowned bad boy, was that it? And author of Why Waiting Works and founder of City Fam, Rob Kowalski. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's actually reformed bad boy, but that's close enough. Okay, you know, <laughs> renowned, reformed, same, same kind of word, kind of. Um, so what's going on, Rob? Tell us a little bit about yourself. How old are you and where are you from? I am 47. Ouch. Uh, I'm from Baltimore, Maryland. I'm in Houston, Texas right now, quarantining with some people that work uh, in the organization that I started called City Fam. And um, yeah, Reform Bad Boy is what I refer to myself as. I used to be a big, um, a big man whore, basically, you know, had a lot of casual sex. I was, I was the biggest stripper in my city, Baltimore, for a while. I was uh, the biggest club promoter. I was running nightlife in Baltimore. The actual stripper? Oh, yeah, yeah. Stop it. Yeah. And then I, um, when I was in my twenties, I became a Christian and, um, you know, I did this radical 180, and I had this long period, six years of abstinence. So I went from being like, you know, the most promiscuous person I know to being abstinent for six years straight. And during that time, I really started to understand sex in a way that I hadn't before. Because up until then, you know, the idea of waiting was just stupid. I was like, why would anyone do that? I thought girls were just being manipulative if they made you wait. And I really started to understand it. Now, I backslid after six years. That's what they call it in Christianese. Basically, I returned to some of my bad behavior. Um, but I rededicated a few years later. And I, for the most part, I've been waiting for the last eight years again, outside of like two, two slip ups, uh, two, but I've had like two four year clips of abstinence. So I really think, and I'm not even joking when I say this, that I probably have lived at more polar ends of the spectrum when it comes to sex than any human being in history. Yeah. And it gives you a really unique perspective on the topic when you live at those, those polar ends of the spectrum. And so I made a video uh, I was, I started writing a book about it called why waiting works. It became a bestseller on Amazon and won Baltimore sun's, uh, best book last year. Made my mom real proud. But, um, I made a video as I was finishing the book, it was called 10 reasons not to have sex before marriage. And I posted it on YouTube and it went viral and became the number one video in the world on the subject for a while. And, uh, I just break it down so practically of why it makes sense that it's almost indisputable really to argue it. It doesn't mean you're going to do it. You know, a lot of people know that exercise is good for them too. They don't necessarily work out, but I can explain it practically. I think better than maybe anybody because I didn't understand it at all. Like I said, and it caused me a lot of pain and wasted time 
because I didn't really see the value in it. Yeah. So before you break it down for us, because I really do want you to do that. And um, I have a feeling we might have a little debate on our hands, but before that happens, um, I want to know a little bit more about you. So what is your current relationship status right now, Rob? Or like, have you you ever been uh, married? No, never been in love, actually. 47. Yeah, I've never been in love. I've, uh, I can't believe that. Yeah, it's it's a little sad, actually. So when is your birthday? Because we're a little bit into astrology. That's kind of our religion on the show. November 16th. Okay, so you're a Scorpio. Yeah. You're a Scorpio who's never been in love? Yeah, no, I've had a lot of sex. But yeah. I've never been in love. I've always lost interest, you know, it not, and not that long. It didn't, within a matter of months, I would lose interest in whoever I was dating. You know, it's funny because they say in astrology, Scorpio is like the sign of sex. It's like, yeah. you know, the sign that has this like passion, this like, you know, this sexual energy where like you either and scorpio is the sign of the extremes right so you either like you really hate someone or you really love them there's not a lot of in between it's very black and white so it makes sense to me that you're either having a lot of sex or no sex right yeah well i don't like the no sex trust me it's not it's not what i would have chosen when i started down the path i really only started because I had never been in love at 27 and, and, you know, I heard God's voice for the first time and he, you know, basically told me he had a plan for my life. And, and then he told me that if I waited, that he would bring me my person. So here I am 27. I'm like, okay, all of a sudden I'm like, all right. Um, you know, aware that Jesus is who he said he was. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to follow this path. And I'm like, okay, if I'm going to sign up to be a one woman man, then I better like God bring her because I'm, I'm not so good at picking them. You know, like I, I, I always would lose interest. I would think that I would be into right. him and then we'd have sex and either I would immediately lose interest or, you know, we'd continue sleeping together. Maybe we drift into a relationship, but then it wouldn't be that good. And yeah, I'd be looking over my shoulder at other women wondering if I could be happier with them. So I basically waited for selfish reasons because I thought if I didn't, I didn't think it was going to be long. I'll be honest. I thought it was going to be like a month. I thought God would hurry up and bring me a wife because I, I didn't wait for shit. I, not for anything, especially for sex. So I thought it was going to be like maybe a month and he'd bring me a wife and it turned into six years and it was certainly not easy, but it did really teach me the mistakes that I was making. I could see the patterns. I could see why the things were happening the way that they were a lot. And to be honest, I had got to the point where I questioned myself, where I thought, okay, maybe I'm the kind of guy that can't fall in love or maybe human beings aren't supposed to be monogamous. I had all these thoughts because all I knew is that for whatever reason, I would get in physical with women. We would, we would get into relationships sometimes. It would always be something missing. You know, there was always a, a void of some sort. I would never be completely fulfilled to the point where, you know, eventually I'd be looking at porn or maybe I'd even, I'd even step out of the relationship and I would cheat or whatever. So I, I started to see all these things pretty clearly. And, it, and I realized that it wasn't me. I mean, yes, I, was, <laughs> I had some bad habits, but the problem was how I started my relationships. That was the issue. And, th- and that's when things really started to change for me. I don't know about you guys, but I have literally gained like anywhere between five to seven pounds during quarantine. And I just, 
I, I know I shared it on my Instagram, but it's just like, it's so shitty because you're just like sitting around and there's not a lot to do but eat. And that's why I'm so grateful for Saqqara. I'm sure you've heard me talk about it before, but Saqqara doesn't restrict what you eat. It nourishes your body with the healthiest and most nutritious food. I actually became obsessed with goji berries as a result of Saqqara. But basically, it's an amazing program that teaches you about what is good for you and what is bad for you. And Sakara has these ready-to-eat organic with plant-based ingredient meals. And they boost your energy, improve your digestion, and they're very good for your skin. So if you're like me and you need some sort of, you know, plan or you just want to be healthy, Sakara is 100% for you. Along with delicious meals, Sakara also has daily wellness essentials like supplements and herbal teas to support your nutrition. So to boost results, try their best-selling metabolism super powder. It's an all-natural remedy for bloating, weight gain, and fatigue, which are the three things that we're all going through right now. I personally love to put the metabolism super powder in my smoothie in the morning. I do a little berry smoothie and put a little bit of the metabolism super powder, which is kind of like a chocolatey flavor. So it basically tastes like I'm eating chocolate covered strawberries. Um, and right now, because I love you guys and I want you to feel good about yourselves, I think we all deserve to at least feel good about our bodies and our health during this time. So Cara's offering, we met at Acme listeners, 20% off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash Acme. That's A-C-M-E. So Sakara S-A-K-A-R-A.com slash Acme and get 20% off your first order sakara.com slash acme. Let me know if you have any questions. All right, back to the episode. So you didn't ever think like, maybe I'm just one of those guys that really likes the chase and it's that simple and it doesn't have to involve God, right? And it doesn't have to involve being abstinent and it doesn't have to involve any of these things. It's just as simple as I like the chase and you know, I haven't found someone who continues to make me chase them. Right. Like, yeah, no, I thought that actually, I'm like, maybe I'm just grow crazy, you know, like maybe I just like sex, you know, with new people. And I didn't think about it a whole lot, you know, and and I don't view myself as religious. All I I just believe that Jesus is who he said he was. I I don't, you know, I throw big new year's Eve parties in my, my city and, I, you know, I just promoted the Drew Hill concert at the Horseshoe Casino. Like, I'm not a religious guy. I just believe that Jesus is who he said he was. And, and you know, I have a relationship with him, but I don't view myself as religious. I don't really relate to church people all that well, to be honest. But I feel like this decision to wait is super practical, you know, which is why the YouTube video went viral is because I don't talk about it being a sin. I'm just like, let's just talk about practicality here. Let's talk about the divorce rate. You know, so there's certain things for me where I wondered, okay, why am I spending all this energy betting women? Because you'd have to spend a lot of energy betting women. Like, you know, there's a certain amount of effort that goes into it. And then as soon as I would sleep with them, 99% of the time I'd lose interest. Like right away, I'm talking like the moment I ejaculated, it was like any feeling that I had for them would shoot out the end of my dick. And I was like, why does that happen? You know, so I wondered what that was about. And I, but I didn't really know, you know, and I, I still, I can't say I'm not a therapist. I can't say I'm hundred percent sure, but I do feel like waiting is the, definitely the best strategy for finding true love, you know? Mm-hmm. And I believe that 
while most, maybe people don't want to get married. A lot of people in the United States don't want to get married now because they've seen a country full of people do it ass backwards, right? And they see what that, the consequences of people that didn't wait. And they think marriage is the problem. They're like, I don't want any part of that. They saw their parents, you know, and they're like, I don't want to get married. They think that's the problem. The problem isn't marriage. The problem is, is if you do things in the wrong order, if you take a cake and you put the icing on the batter and then you stick it in the oven, of course, it's not going to turn out right. You have to do it in the right order. You can't blame the cake because you didn't follow the instructions. You know, and I ask this question to people a lot. I'm like, forget marriage. That's just semantics. If I ask you, Lindsay, if I'm like, would you, how would you like to find your best friend that you're physically attracted to long-term, not just short-term? Yeah. That could help you reach your full potential in life. Would you like that? And most people will say, hell yeah. Well, don't, don't have sex before marriage because it'll help you find it. That's it. Don't worry about marriage. But hold up. Okay. I am a woman and from a woman's perspective. So first of all, I agree with a little bit of what you're saying, right? Because I tell my listeners, don't have sex on the first date. Don't have sex for as long as you can, right? Don't have sex till till the 10th date. At least have that connection with them, right? Where you give them something to hold on to so that they're not going to just ejaculate and be done with you, right? So I I do agree with you in that um, aspect. But then what about the situation then? And yeah, this is a little bit shallow, right? But what if I wait until marriage? I have sex with my husband. And, and by the way, let me just clarify. Can you do other things before sex? Sure. We'll talk about all that. Okay. Because my question is like, what if I wait to have sex on my wedding day? I have sex and they have no idea what they're doing. They have a really small penis. It's horrible. It feels like nothing. I'm like, oh my God, kill me. I just waited to marry this guy and I don't even want to have sex with him now. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that is a, an argument that most people you know, present. And this is the way I look at it. Okay. First off, let's say you're, you're having sex with somebody, right? You meet somebody, you guys get along, you're having sex. It's good sex. You, you say, you go, okay, I'm going to marry this person. And then they get hit by a car or they get cancer. And now all of a sudden they can't have sex the way they used to, or maybe at all. Do you leave? Because if you do, you're a real shitbag, and your vows mean nothing. So you shouldn't even get married. And if the relationship's built on sex, you might leave. Okay, so this is what I say. Imagine that you meet somebody and you fall in love with them. Not their dick, not the sex, them. Intellectually, emotionally, spiritually, you connect on all these levels. Then you get married. And maybe the sex, hopefully it's great. And I believe if you make love to the person you're in love with, it's probably going to be pretty good, especially if you've been waiting, because I've been waiting. And trust me, when I get married, the sex is going to be good. It might not be long at first, but it's going to be good because any sex is better than no sex. But if for some reason that person doesn't tickle me right, we're going to get through it because I'm in love with them. It's in the same way we would get through cancer or somebody getting hit by a car because I'm in love with that person. When you, when you think about lust, lust is me right? Lust is, do they tickle me right? That's lust. Love is them. So if you look at like a mother with a little baby, how much does a mother love a baby? A lot. But how much would a mother do for that baby? Anything. Because the mother loves that baby. It's in love with it. So it sacrifices for that person, that little, that little kid. It's the same thing. I've never been in love, but I imagine when I'm in love, I'm thinking about them. So if they, for some reason, don't tickle me right, we're going to get through it. And we'll have a lot of time to practice. You know, so that's the way I look at it. I just feel like that's a lie perpetrated by, or, or spread, I guess, by um, people that are, you know, ignorant to the fact that maybe they maybe they've never experienced it like, you know, love. Maybe they've never experienced true love. I don't know. 
Hope you guys are enjoying this episode with Rob. It definitely um, was funny to record. I felt like I had to stand my ground a lot and represent those who believe in sex before marriage. So I hope I did a good job doing that. Um, and also I just like, I love fighting for women and that's why I really want to tell you about Causebox because Causebox is my new favorite subscription. It's a subscription box that's curated for women by women. And if you're a woman and you're listening, like why not support other women right now? They've got all sorts of amazing products and brands that are ethical, sustainable, and they have a positive mission to give back and make the world better, which is really what we need right now in this fight against COVID-19. So it's so important that you know you know that in this box are things that you can actually use and wear and make your kitchen better, make your skin better. They've got six to eight full-size products. So anything, as I mentioned, from skincare to jewelry to homewares, accessories. Like in my last one, I got this amazing jade face roller, which I now use every morning as part of my routine. And I just take the face roller and after I put lotion on and I do little exercises and it just brings out like the collagen in my face and it's so great. The last four boxes of Causebox, they sold out within days. So I really think that you got to hurry up and get yours before it sells out. You can get over $250 worth of products for only $50. My jade roller I'm obsessed with. I have a new coffee mug that I love. I personally am a huge fan and I want you to be able to enjoy it too. And I can give you your first box for 30% off, which is huge. All you have to do is go to causebox.com slash Acme and check it out. C-A-U-S-E-B-O-X.com slash Acme or use the code Acme and you will get 30% off. I'm telling you, you're going to love it. And everything in this box you can use, which is so awesome. All right. Hope you're enjoying the episode. I know what you're saying. Don't get me wrong. I just think you're not you as in like you specifically, but the general you like you're crazy to think that sex isn't a part of love. And like, I hear you. Like if God forbid they're in an accident and they can't have sex for sure, I'm staying with them. Like I'm not a terrible person. I married them because I was in love with them. But part of that love was sex. And like, that's not wrong. Like There's, you know, like a few components to like true love and it's like, you know, your head, your heart and like, you know, you're down there as well. Like it's in the matrix of that. And so for me, I'm like, you know, we're, we have basic human needs. Like you want to, and one of them is, is to orgasm. Like how are you supposed to have a child with this person if you're, you can't sleep with them, you know? So you can't sleep with them. I mean, I'm not saying that you can't sleep with them. You're just saying, is it, is it going to live up to your expectations? I don't know. You know, if we did it, if we did it the right way, okay, let's just say, let's back it up and forget that I made all the mistakes that I made. If we did it the way that we it was probably designed, all you would know is that person, you, you know, you would only know sex with that person. So of course it would be good. Comparison is the thief of joy. If you're comparing it to all your other partners, yeah, there's probably a potential that you're going to be like, well, they don't reverse cowgirl. And I really like that or whatever. So, you, you know, the more people you have sex with, then yeah, I think that potential's there. So 
But I want to say, I want two things. One, you ask about, can you do other things? Sure, you can do other things. One, it's a slippery slope. You know, you know, foreplay leads to things. That's why they call it that. But also, if you just look at it like this, okay, my goal, I look at this as selfish. Me waiting is selfish because I want to find love, true love, and I want to get married and I want to have more sex than the people that don't wait in the long run with the right person. So let's say me and you are hanging out. Maybe we're just friends, but you say, hey, I'll, you know, I'll give you a head, you know, whatever. I'll, I'll give you oral and, and, and there's no commitment. At some point, there is an obligation there. There's a complicated dynamic to our, that relationship. And now maybe I'm interested in your, your friend that you just brought along. I can't talk to her or you're going to think that I'm an asshole and you definitely won't be my friend. Even if we had an understanding that there was no commitment involved, trust me, you're going to think that I'm a jerk and you will be gone at best. Or me and you will drift into a relationship because I'll start feeling indebted to you. I'll feel like I owe it to you because you've been giving me head. And then we drift into a relationship. And then this is where I want to go with that is if you just look at the numbers, forget anything that I say, because people can disagree with what I say. People that get married as virgins have a 6% divorce rate. So 94% of the time they yeah, stay together. Yeah, but that's because they think that God will like, no, it's actually been, if they get divorced. The study is in, the, is in my book and it's been controlled for religion. So even people that aren't religious, they stay together 94% of the time. People that don't wait, which is basically everybody up, 97% of the population doesn't wait. The divorce rate's 50%. Okay, right, so don't you feel like don't you feel like the reason that these people who wait to have sex till marriage don't get divorced is because part of the reason is because they never had sex with anyone else, so they think that this is like they they put this person on a pedestal, right? right? Like, would you really want to be abstinent? Choose to be abstinent if you had never had sex to begin with, right? Like, part of the reason that I think that you abstain now when you do abstain is because you've had so much sex, right? Like, for example, like I feel like I can get married, you know, tomorrow because I've had sex with enough different partners that I feel like, okay, I know what's out there. I, you know, want to be with the person that I'm with. But if I hadn't, then I would probably, you know, marry someone as a virgin. And I would always be thinking like, hmm, I wonder what sex is like with others. Yeah, you might be wondering that. But what I would say also to that is, it, again, there's, the numbers are all there. Women that have more than 10 sex partners have the highest divorce rates. It's, it's proven. Because they've, they've experienced too many. What? Hey, whatever. But this is what this is real. Divorce, yeah. feels, like, divorce feels like death. That's what they That's say. It hurts, it hurts like a mother. Is what but I hear. Like, okay, so I have this theory that like the, I don't want to use the word slutty or the word promiscuous. I, I guess I'm just, just going to say like the people that have the most sex when they're young, right? And who have the most sexual partners end up getting married first. That's, really? I don't know if this is a real statistic, right? But it's always that girl who like had that reputation in high school of like sleeping around who like gets married right out of college. But does and she marry? Yeah, but does she marry? Because this is this is real. Guys don't want a girl that everybody slept with. They then don't. Why, do they, why are they always the number one person, the first person to get married? Uh, is that, that girl being honest with that guy? That's I, what I, I don't know. I mean, well, well, that leads me to another question, which is, do you think it's important at all for you to know how many people your partner has slept with? 
you know, I think, I think we should be honest with each other, but I'm just, I'm stating a fact that men, a strong man, a man, a, 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 a real, a man doesn't want a, a woman that's every other guy could have had. He doesn't because he wants a prize. He wants some, he wants the girl that other men wanted and couldn't get. That's what, what makes, men want. What makes a girl not a prize if she slept with a couple of guys? Because everybody can't have a prize. They're a prize. A, but, a prize but, by, no, but that doesn't mean everyone could have her. It means she hand selected, you know, let's say 20 guys. I said a guy doesn't want a, a girl that anyone could have had. Right. But what if just, if just a girl who's sex positive and she decided, oh, I want to sleep with this guy and I want to sleep with that guy. Not like it not, has nothing to do with the guys deciding that they could have her. It was her deciding that she would let them in. A girl can have any guy she wants. Right. Well, you Any girl could go out and fuck 50 guys a day. Different yeah. ones every day. Yeah. And it, it, all day long, every day for the rest of her life and be very unattractive. It doesn't prove anything. It proves that you don't have any discretion is what it proves. Men no, don't no, 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 like no, no, that. No, yes. No, 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 no. If you as the woman are choosing, and no one's saying 50 people a day, you know, no one's even saying 50 at all. Why not? Your sex po- she's sex positive, so why not? But sex positive doesn't mean that you have no... So there is a line you're saying. My point is that First of all, if, if my partner, I have a boyfriend, if my partner said to me, how many people have you had sex with? I would say, that's none of your business. And I would never want to know how many people he's had sex with. So it matters much to you. Right. But why, why are you saying that it should matter to a guy if it, can, if it doesn't matter to a girl? Because when you break it down to a base level, men and women want different things. We control different things coming into a relationship. And this is what I say in the 10 Reasons video. When you boil it all the way down to the base, men want sex, women want security. That's, and that's the truth. Doesn't mean that women don't like sex. Doesn't mean that men don't like security. But at our base, we're different. And I can prove it to you. If me and you are dating, who says when we have sex the first time? You do. Always. The woman always says when. Who decides when we get married? The man. He's the one that proposes. Always. Because men want sex, women want security. And this is what happens. And this is biology. And I'm going to give you some references that your your listeners can check up on. When a woman is giving sex in a relationship and she's not getting security, real security, which is marriage, not a Facebook status and not a promise ring. When she's not getting security, she's giving and she's not getting. And the man is getting and he's not giving, which is why the world looks at him as a stud and you as a hoe. Doesn't mean it's right, but this is the way that it is. So when a woman gives sex, she puts herself at a position of disadvantage because now she's chasing the guy around for the commitment, the thing that he's in control over. And she's like, well, I don't know when he's going to propose. And I'm like, well, he ain't in no rush because you're giving him the sex. And this boils down to biology. There's a great TED Talk video called How Your Brain Falls in Love. When a woman has sex and orgasms, she releases oxytocin. That's like the glue that that makes you stick. The man doesn't release oxytocin when he has sex. The man releases oxytocin when he commits. So that's why guys can hit it and quit it. And you'll see women, they'll give out the sex and then the guy don't call them back. You know, so like women have to understand that this is the way that it is. Like it or not, don't blame it on me. I didn't make it up. I'm just stating this is the way that it is. And you have to play by the rules or you're going to lose. It's interesting, but I disagree because I've dated people in the past who I wanted sex more than they did in, in a relationship. So what does that okay. mean? 
Like I was more sexual than they were. I like I wanted the sex and they wanted the security. So uh, give me an example. Like you guys had dated for how long? Like Like, someone I dated for two years, I wanted to have sex way more than him. And he just wanted to like talk about his feelings and cuddle and like, you know, know that I was there to support him. Yeah, I don't know. I I mean, there's always exceptions to every rule, I guess. But, you know, there's a reason that that prostitution is the world's oldest profession. You know, there was always women selling it to men and it will never change. There's a reason that 100, probably 99.9999% of the, the people that are in the customers for the sex trade industry are always men. Even if it's buying other men, they're always men. Women don't pay for sex. Women will never have to pay for sex. That'll never change. So this dynamic exists. Doesn't mean that like, I'll be honest, I dated women, beautiful women. This is actually another one of the, the reasons that I break down in the video is physical attraction fades. So when you have sex early, and we'll, it doesn't mean it's the first date, but early in a relationship, you connect to that person, you get yourself into something complicated and potentially drift into a relationship, the physical attraction will go away. Like I would, I dated beautiful women, models, and I just wanted to go to sleep. I did not want to have sex with them because it didn't matter how good they looked because the connection wasn't deep. But we were stuck in a relationship because we had sex early and, and now we're like together, boyfriend and girlfriend, and we're not even having sex. I just want to sleep. But I'm looking at other women wondering if I could be happier with them. And it really breaks down. You know, you hear people say, like, you use the excuse, you wouldn't buy a car without taking it for a test drive. And I just went, okay. And it's, that's a stupid argument because would you pay full price for a car that a thousand people test drove? No, right? At some point, it, the, the value comes down. But let's just go with the car scenario. If I, I would pay looking, full price for that car. For a, a car that's a thousand people test drove? Yeah, I hope people test drive it, you know? Like, why would it just be sitting there and no one wants to test drive it? That's an even bigger If I'm going to pay full price, I want a brand new car. I don't want a car that people have farted in and anything else. Uh, I don't, with how many ever miles on it, no thanks. At some point, that the car depreciates. But either way, if I was going to buy one car, and I knew I was going to buy one, I had $50,000 and I wanted a, you know, infinity, whatever, and then a Honda Accord pulled up. I wouldn't need to take it for a test drive because I know what I want and I'm going to evaluate that one car because I know I'm getting one real carefully versus before I wasn't committed to, to getting one. So I would just go ahead and test drive whatever and then I would end up with it and I'd, I'd have a beater or they would have a beater and now I'm in a relationship wondering, looking at the affinity over my shoulder, we're going, damn, that's really what I wanted, but I didn't wait. I see what you're saying. I just think like, it, it's 2020 and and I understand the God thing. That's a whole different story, right? If you're saving yourself for marriage because God is like looking over you, that's one thing. But if it's the thing that's like, you're not a prize if you've slept with other people, like I disagree. I think someone who hasn't slept with anyone who's saving themselves for marriage is desperate. Like, again, if it's their relationship with God and they want to be beautiful in God's eyes, fine. But I think it's, really, it's too stressful to put that much pressure on one person to be your everything in that way, to be the person that, you know, like takes your virginity and blah, blah, blah. It's just like, it's too much. Like I think today in our world, like we need to understand that our partner can't be 5,000 different things. I think it was like Brene Brown or someone who speaks about this, maybe, um, Esther Pearl, 
but it's like your partner can only be a few things. Like your partner can't be like your best friend, like your built-in therapist, like your this, that, like your sex, like whatever it is. And I think that like the idea of waiting to put everything on this one person is a lot for me personally. Well, I don't, I think, I think there's an, like a intrinsic value to, you know, virgins. People are fascinated when you, you, even like with men, Tim Tebow, Colton Underwood, you meet these people that are virgins and it is a prize. There's a value to it because they protected something valuable. And then when you, especially when they're good looking, like Tim Tebow or Colton Underwood, good looking guy clearly could have sex with probably just about anybody he wants. And he didn't. And, and, and then, so there's, there's something that people are fascinated with by that. And I'm certainly not trying to tell people that if they've had sex, that they're not a prize and they're not valuable. What I am trying to do is empower women to understand, to get what you really want, that this is, there's a way to go about it. There's probably a lot of women out there that are having sex you know, in relationships where they're not married or maybe even having sex where they're not even in a committed relationship. And I'm telling you, the best way to find out if the love is real or if the person you're dating is serious or not is to cut off the sex. I did this. I did it with my last girlfriend nine years ago. We were having sex. I wasn't sure if we were, you know, really in love. And I said, look, we're going to stop. And if we become convinced that we're in love, then let's get married. Because this is when I was getting back into, and this is why it's practical. It's both. I was getting back into church. That's why I wanted to do it. But we cut off the sex after two years of dating. And it was like the freaking clouds parted. And now all of a sudden I could see clearly that we weren't really in love. And we weren't going to the same places and we broke up and then she got pregnant and moved to another state. And I was like, thank God, because I could have ended up with this person. And I couldn't have audited the relationship like that while we were having sex because the sex was masking all the problems and it was giving me feelings of love that weren't real, you know, but when you stopped because of the way that we're wired, I like sex. And it sounds like you like sex too. You put the relationship under a microscope and you're like, okay, look, I want to have sex again. And I know you want to have sex again. And if we're really in love, then why not get married? But if we're not in love, let's stop wasting each other's damn time so I could find the person that I am in love with so I can start having sex again. It's yeah. really that simple. So if you're in a relationship, have that conversation, stop, and you'll find out if that man is a joker or not. And either he'll man up and marry you so he can start having sex again, or he'll leave. And you just done yourself a big favor because you just saved yourself a whole bunch of time. And now you can go out and find somebody that really is in love with you. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like it's, it's a pretty crazy theory. Um, but I, I hear you for sure. But then it's like, you, you know, you said you're single, you're, you're 37, 37. Like, oh, 47. Oh, wow. Okay. Even worse. Okay. Look, let me, let me ask okay. you. That. Yeah. So, okay, fine. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. No sex before marriage. It sounds crazy. I understand. It sounds extreme. You're like, who would do that? That's like 200 years ago. Nobody does that anymore. It's 2020. I get it. If I was to say to you, how about this? No sex before love. What do you think about that? Sounds more reasonable, right? I got it. Yeah. Because honestly, sex before love could cause a lot of problems like abortions, adoptions, single parent homes, loveless well, relationships. How about no sex before feelings of love start to develop, right? Feelings of love. Okay. So let's say I start having feelings of love for you, Lindsay, we're dating. And I say, I, I, I feel like I might be in love with you. Let's have sex. And you say, great, Rob, I feel like I might be in love with you too. Let's just run to the justice of the peace real quick and get married. Now I'd be like, Hmm, 
Let me think about this a little bit longer. That's the point. That's one of the reasons that God, I believe, gave us marriage because as bad as I want the pleasure of sex, and I want it pretty damn bad, I equally don't want the pain of a divorce. So I'm not going to get myself in something complicated with the wrong person. So I weigh it. I'm like, "Mm, I'd like to, but no, I'm not. But I believe that one day I'm going to meet a woman that's, I'm going to go, yes, I'll sign the contract. I'll sign the marriage contract. I will go to the justice of the peace. We'll probably be at a church actually, but I'll be like, yes, I'll go on and on this person. And that's how I'll know that I'm in love. Most people don't put themselves through that process on the front end and they drift into relationships with the wrong people, which is why the divorce rate's 50%. And of the 50% that stay married, I would say most of those people aren't happy. They stay together for the kids and for you know, financial reasons and all this other bullshit. And they end up missing their whole person, their purpose and their person because they wanted some fast sex. There's always a consequence to doing things quickly. Instant gratification always plays out, whether it's in your fitness or your, you know, maybe you don't know how to save money or maybe, you know, you didn't study in school. It will play out sooner or later. And it plays out in our relationships. And this, I believe, is the consequence from doing it because I lived it. And this is always how it worked out for me. I hear you, but then how did you, if you have all these philosophies and you have all these, you know, strong boundaries when it comes to sex and all these things, right? It's like, how come it hasn't worked for you specifically yet? Well, I will say this, you know, people say that to me, they're like, well, you've never been married. So what do you know? I'm like, well, I've also never been divorced. You know, I have a lot of friends that have been divorced. They Just because they you do something wrong doesn't mean that it, you know what you're, you know, how to do it the right way. So. I, you know, haven't been in love yet. I do believe that I'm going to, this is the best strategy for finding that person. But in the meantime, while I haven't found that person, I've accomplished some really incredible things from harnessing my sexual energy and using it in other areas. You know, they call it sex transmutation. So waiting, you know, just from a practical standpoint has forced me to become the best version of myself and do things that I would have never done had I not stopped. All right. So, I mean, I guess, I feel like I'm very invested. I'm sure my listeners are very invested in figuring out, you know, the rest of your story, seeing if you do find love um, and how that looks. It's funny that you said, like, what was the term that you said when, like, the slip-up term? Oh, backslidden. Backslidden. It's like relapsing, kind of. (laughs) Yeah, totally like relapsing. When I used to promote, when I used to promote clubs, we used to have a saying that it went like this. It said, the more they pay, the longer they stay. What it was referred to was that if we charge people ten dollars to come in, a cover, they wouldn't leave. They would they would stay. It didn't matter if the place was busy or not. But if you let people in for free, they would walk in, they'd look around, they'd walk out and go to the next place. And there's something to that. I, and I love that you're telling your listeners to wait ten dates. Give them something to want. You know, some some people won't even be able to get their mind around the fact of waiting till marriage. Okay, that's fine. But yes, what you said is accurate. The longer you wait, the better it will be. And, and the higher, not only will the relationship be better and last longer, according to the studies, the sex will be better, you know? So yes, there's value in waiting, even if it's not marriage, the longer you wait, the better off you are. Again, it's, it's, this is just practical. How many times have all of your listeners, including me, been in a scenario where you meet somebody of the opposite sex and you're like, ooh, man, they're hot, they're cute. Right away, your, your flesh is like, ooh. But then after a couple of weeks, you're like, mm, you start looking at them different. You go, yeah, they're attractive, but not for me, right? It happens to us all the time because at that point you break through the surface. So there is something to waiting to break through the surface to see if there's anything there. The average amount of dates that people go on in the United States right now is three before they have sex. 
So they're not even breaking through the surface to see that person that's inside the body. And now they're in something complicated, potentially yeah. drifting into a relationship with that person. No, I'm with you. I'm not cool with, um, with the three date rule. I think it's bullshit. So why don't we, since we have to end the episode in, in a few minutes, why don't we agree on 10 dates? We'll come to an agreement, not yes, marriage, but not having sex on the first date. Hey, if that if that's progress for your for listeners, then I'm all for it. But the reason again that marriage works so well is because I know it's going to cause me pain to get out of. So I'm I'm not you know I I can hold out you know I I dated a girl in my 20s, and I think she made me wait for like a month and a half, and that was a long time for me at the time. But I was I I was so focused on the fact that I was gonna we were gonna have sex sooner or later, and that I was willing to do it. I wasn't you know asking myself the hard questions like, is this a person that I feel like I could spend the rest of my life with? Right. Or it would be a good partner. I'm just looking at her, you know, that she's hot. You know, I'm not weighing all the other things because beauty is only really when you decide to wait, you know, physical attraction is important, but it's one of many things that I'm now I'm looking at. Like, you know, is, would this person be a good match or not? Right. Well, okay. I have, I have one question for you and then we're actually going to go to this poll questions on our Instagram story. So I'm going to do rapid fire poll questions and then we're going to, we're going to wrap up. But my question to you is like right now, you know, we're in this world of coronavirus. We are, you know, quarantined at home. And the only way that we can, you know, meet people if we're single is on dating apps, virtual dating, talking, but no sex, right? Because you can't see each other in person. So do you feel like this is the best time to make a connection with someone? Yeah, I mean, it definitely is going to force men to up their game, you know, because we've gotten really lazy overall where all you could do, you know, swipe a couple of times and get laid. So now guys are going to have to learn at least how to have a conversation and uh, probably engage a little bit longer. So, yeah, probably a good time to find out if there's anything like if there's any substance to the person besides, you know, just the way that they look. So, yeah, I've never done dating on the online dating thing. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I just haven't. Don't have a lot of experience with it. I wonder if you know anyone um, who has met online, formed a connection online, and then continued to wait um, till after marriage to have sex and how that worked out. No one that I can think of. I definitely have some, have some friends that waited and they're all still together. I also have a friend that, you know, <laughs> met his wife in a, a CD after hours club and had sex quickly and they're still married. So there's no guarantees. No, see, and it, she's no, still a prize. Listen, it can, it can happen. I'm not saying it's impossible. People hit the lotto too, you know, but I'm not going to yeah. make that my uh, retirement strategy. So you have to put the, all I'm saying is put the odds in your favor and the odds are pretty clear that the way to do this is to pump the brakes and wait. You yeah. Know? All right. Fair. Okay. Rapid fire time. These are usually yes or no's. Okay. Is it normal to have a pit in your stomach when you see pictures of your ex happy? Yes or no? Yes. <laughs> yeah, savage. Um, this person who doesn't follow you on social media watches your stories every day for the last few months, but they're engaged. Are they not happy in their relationship or is this harmless? That's a, could be either. Choose one. It depends on the content of what they're following, I guess. I'd say or, they could or, be or. happy. Yeah, sorry. Okay, it's 50-50. So you and your partner have been dating for six months and still haven't said I love you. Does it matter who says it first? No. 
That's interesting. So the girl could say it first and still be a prize? Yeah, of course. Okay. If your partner doesn't say I love you back right away, how long should you give them before it's a serious red flag? A few days or a few weeks? A few days would probably be a red flag for me. Yeah. Is it okay to tell someone you love them for the first time over the phone if you're in quarantine? Or is it better to wait till in person? I think it's better to wait, but it's okay. Yeah. Um, Okay. When you think of milestone timelines, such as when you said, I love you or moving in together, do you base it off of when you first start seeing each other or from when you made it official? First start seeing each other. Also, um, this just made me think of this. Do you think that you need to live with someone before marriage? No, obviously. I mean, and again, the numbers are there. It shows that they, they have higher divorce rates. It's, it's yeah. What it shows is a lack of commitment. It shows people that are like, you know, I don't want to marry you, but I'll live with you. And then so the, the connection's not deep. The thing is, is, and this is something I thought of on that last question, is how many times have we all heard the expression, the sex stops after you get married? A yeah. lot. Right? Mm-hmm. And that's because people are marrying the wrong people because they're not waiting. If you do it the right way, if you do it the way that I'm suggesting, that's when the sex starts. It starts when you get married. That sounds a lot better. Requires okay. discipline. It requires we'll, discipline. We'll see, Rob. Around. We'll see. You and your significant other are quarantining apart. Is it a bad sign if you're running out of things to talk about? Yes. Oh, most people don't think it's a bad sign, but I agree it's a bad sign. Should you delete your ex's nudes from your phone if you have a new significant other? Nudes? The nude pictures? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Delete the <laughs> Can you send nudes before marriage? You know, I'm not like, again, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm pretty liberal as a fundamentalist goes. So I would say yes, but you know, it, it's a slippery slope. You have to weigh it like risk reward. If you feel like this is your person and you're pretty sure like you're moving toward marriage, I, you know, I, I think it's okay to, you know, make out and maybe be a, be a little bit playful. You have, you just have to be real careful because it, it can suck you in. And then if all of a sudden, let's say you get physical, the real possibility is to drift into the relationship of marriage with the wrong person and cause yourself a lot of heartache on the back end. So if, at the point that you're sure, and again, I have to always say like, I don't, I'm not against sex. God isn't against sex. God wants you to have more sex, better sex, you know, enjoy it even more than you're already enjoying it. He just wants it to be with the right person. And I believe that the way to figure that out is to wait on the front end. So, but yeah, when, when you're, when you feel like you're sure, you know, yes, I, I would say yes. Okay, cool. Rob, this has been so great. I love that we debated that these are my favorite kinds of episodes. Can you leave us with a quote or piece of advice that we can take with us as we go? Hmm. Can you narrow it down? Well, like you said one already, which was comparison is the thief of joy, which I I did really appreciate. So, I mean, if you want that to be your quote, then by all means. Yeah, we can go with that. I mean, that's fine. Sure. (laughs) Nothing's coming to mind. That works. Yeah. Okay, cool. Where can everyone find you, follow you, and read your writing? Yeah. Awesome. Thank you for asking. Uh, the book I'm giving away at whywaitingworks.net, you just pay for shipping and handling and there's a bunch of free bonuses that come with it. And, um, they can find me at robbkowalski.com. That's also my Instagram and YouTube username is robbkowalski. And then if they want to check out city fam, I think we're going to actually have a city fam group starting in New York city. Hopefully after this coronavirus is, right. is over with. And it's basically just a, a group of people that socialize together 
volunteer together, serve together, and then, um, you know, just kind of lovingly support each other, becoming the best version of themselves, you know, while making it enjoyable. So that's really what the group's about. So they can check it out at cityfam.com if they like. Awesome. Thanks, Rob. Thank you for having me, Lindsay. Awesome. Of course. I hope everyone enjoyed the episode. Write us a review if you did. Um, and make sure you are following us at We Met at Acme on Instagram.